Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. My name's Dodge. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years and thrown thousands of parties across the UK. And I'm also the owner of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival. Everyone who knows me knows I love people, having a laugh <laughs> and asking lots of questions. So I've been chatting to people with one thing in common. They've all lived eventful lives. This week, I'm delving into the eventful life of Michael Emmett. Michael is an ex-international drug smuggler. He was put behind bars for 12 years after bringing five tons of cannabis into the UK worth 10 million pounds. But after finding God while behind bars with Reggie Cray, Michael has turned his life around and found a new purpose. We chat about how he got brought up into a criminal family, his Marbella days, family tragedies, cocaine addiction, and how a page three model became a part of his recovery. This is one definitely not to be missed. Here's the man himself, Mr. Michael Emmett. Michael, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Dodger. Yeah. Lovely, lovely office you got here. Lovely it's nice, office. isn't it? Absolutely, first yeah. class. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Really looking forward to this one. Well, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did it all start? Where did I grow up? I mean, I was born in the, the flats in Stockwell. Um, my, my mother came out of uh, South East London. There was a big family, Costamungas. They were fruit people and, you know, meat. They used to work in a meat market. And I don't know why, but years ago, they seemed to have loads of kids. So my grandmother, I think there was, I was 11 or nine on one side or 12 or 14 wow. on the other. They was all brothers and sisters, but all lovely people. They were sort of like good traditional Londoners, you know. Yeah. And then my dad came from Battersea. Um, but that was a different family. That was They were pretty sort of, my grandfather was a bit unwell. He committed suicide. And so there was that, that's what I was brought up in. I was born in Clapham, at the hospital at Clapham South uh, Tube Station. Yeah. And then at a very young age, because my dad had been num married a few times, I think with his family, he wanted to get us out of London and he took us down to Surrey when I was about six. That's how we're all Whereabouts in Surrey? We went to New Malden at first, which was, um, that was in 1963. Yeah. And it was di different then. Yeah. It was quite a little sort of a villagey little thing. Yeah. And then when I was about 16, we moved down to Epsom. Lovely. In Surrey. And then what was the, what was the route for you there? What sort of, what did you grow up with? Well, my dad was a criminal, career criminal. Mm. And so it was a lie. We, we wouldn't be ostentatious. There'd be no sort of um, wealth that he couldn't deal with. It, it, you know, we, we didn't live in a, a big house. We had a nice house, mm. nice car. So he was very conscious that he wouldn't be sort of ostentatious. Mm. And so we just lived in a suburbia little town opposite the vicar, Mr. Chart. Our dog used to try and get out and have sex with these. It was quite <laughs> funny. We run a football team down the road. There was a lot of policemen lived there. And so we was this family. It was a little bit like the Clampets. I don't know if you'd AR. It was a mm. program years ago. We were a little bit odd. My mum had the bouffant hairstyle, false, false eyelashes. <laughs> so all that was going on. My sister and brother, they they loved it. Mm. But there was always something. I was at dis-ease with myself at a very, very young age. Mm. Mm. There'd been abuse, sexual abuse around me. My parents never knew it would have broke their heart. Yeah. But as a very young age... You know, that gives you a grounding for to be quite dysfunction. Yeah. You know, the fear of that, the, 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 it, it brings out a frustration. You feel different. You don't feel right. But I've wrote a book called Sins of Fathers, and, and, and I'm not plugging the book at all, but I wouldn't mind. But So I, I do believe in the, and it's quite biblical, this, and I'm not religious, but the Bible says about the ancestral sin. So what my grandfather was to what my dad was, I was, and, and, and spiritually, and I am not. don't want to start freaking everyone out about that stuff, but I knew that the behaviours that were passed, handed down, was definitely an in, a, a, a thing in me yeah, yeah. rather than a thing out me. Yeah. You know, we, we, I had the same sort of unctions as my dad, as a very young man, actually, mm. and my grandfather, same as, and he was mad as a march air, mm. bless him. <laughs> and what was, what was your old man doing back in the day? What was his world? Well, he was, he was, that fraternity, he was, he was, he knew the, we, we were very friendly with the great train robbers, um, the likes of Freddie Foreman, yeah. um, all the West London villains, you know, there was the, the Dennis's from, from Fulham, Johnny Binden, um, there was all sorts of characters over in Chelsea and Fulham, 
Uh, and my dad was at it. Mm. You know, he, he, his, his early partner was a guy called Arthur Sati. He was a bank robber, Arthur. And we got bought up with the Sutties. They, they lived in New Malden and in Epsom. Sheila had a, a flourishing clove business in Battersea. So we was around all that, you know. I worked in a commercial yard and sold cars with me dad. But so my dad was in, he always had a straight business going on, but he was at it. Mm. You know, there was always at it. And, and there was always that element of, you've got to be quiet, don't say nothing. We weren't like sort of, it weren't gangsters running about with guns mm. in the house because my mother was a beautiful lady. Mm. Hence when I told you about my mother's family and my father's family, my mother... My mother's disposition in life was of love, mm. of peace. Mm. She had a fantastic laugh. Mm. She was beautiful to look at. And then she married my dad, who was a, com a complete opposite to my mother. <laughs> so we had to both. So when you say he was at it, what was he at? He was a criminal. Yeah. You know, he was, uh, I mean, he moved into the 80s. I'm uh, jumping a bit. I mean, early days, I mean, he, he had a fruit business in, in Tootin. He had a car front in Battersea. He was at fraudulent things. A very young mate, a very young age, they was blowing safes. Um, they weren't bank robbers, they was blowing safes. He's violent man, mm. my dad. He could have a fight. Mm. And I'm not condoning that, but he was as game as a bygone. But he was a very tough man, but emotionally he was weak. Yeah. He was so weak emotionally. And, and so he had that dual and I I, I inherited that. Mm. And and so eventually he was um he was a boxing promoter with Joe Pyle. Uh, I mean, Joe was the big guy in it, and the old man had a little show of him up in the Dog and Fox in Wimbledon. What, at Wimbledon Village? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, we used to have him Is up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Used to have, we used to have the amateur things. Yeah, well, they weren't amateurs, they was unlicensed. Yeah. And then um, he become a prolific drug smuggler, my old man. You know, <laughs> he was at it with, you know, and I don't want to blow it, you know, say things that aren't true, but there was an influence that they went out to the States um, there was a guy called Alex Steen, um, uh, and, and they went out to the States and they was introduced to the, to the mafia families out there, you know, the Joe Baganos of the world, and, and my dad and Joe was out there. That, a lot of people had a lot of respect for Joe. He was a, he was a gentleman, Joe Paul. Yeah. And, and my dad was had a lot of respect for my dad. And, um, and then from there, I'm not saying that they created this, but I think from introductions, there was a cannabis route that emerged from it. I'm not going to say any names, mm. but there was, there was a cannabis route that emerged from it in the in, in the early 80s when it weren't really known. You know, but you thought he was an hippie if you had a puff. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. was that sort of thing, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't a sort of, And I think what happens in crime, and I don't want to sort of say things that ain't right, but it, it, when criminals' activities begin and then it gets replicated, the police smash it. Yeah. Uh, so if, they, if you're robbing banks, they, they give you mad sentences, fraud. They, if, if, it, if it becomes sort of habitual in the criminal fraternity, mm. and the drugs weren't really known in Dodge, mm. and they started to be known. So early days, they they made a while the sun shined. Mm. So there was a route of cannabis that used to come in, you know, I think every other month. Was that route? Was that route from Morocco through Spain? Is no, that, it was, was it different. It was from Holland. From Holland, was but it? it originated in other places. But yeah. I think that was the eventually Morocco came into play yeah. uh, and all sorts of things came mm. into play. But early days, it was, a, it was a Dutch thing. There was Italians involved. There was Europeans, Dutch involved. Mm. And my dad and Joe were like two old sort of, yeah, I'll let her do it. It yeah. was money to them. Yeah. It was a commodity. Yeah. So they worked out a cracking little route and it was regular and I was on the peripherals of that. Mm. I, I was only a kid. Mm. But so there was copious amounts of reddies around. And and you just get you get carried away with yeah. it, and, and and before you know it, you're involved. Yeah. So what what sort of age did you get involved, and did you want to get involved, or did your old man say, "Come on, let's get him, let's do this together"? My dad, at a very young age, he was very proud mm. of my sister Karen, and he was very proud of my brother. He, he God rest his soul, he passed away, but they were both grade A students. My father was very bright. As a kid, he ran at the White City in the three mm. A's in the 440. Mm. So he had all that going on at 400 metres, which is a day. Yeah. He, he was a he was a good amateur boxer. Yeah. He used to do karate, and he was he was a sports guy, the old man. But it was something that lied deep within my father. So my father, my brother and sister, they got involved with school. They was A level students. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I just could yeah. not concentrate. Yeah. I was looking at pretty birds. Yeah. I wanted to smoke the fag, yeah. have a pint of beer, 
<laughs> and F school, I was good at sports like him, yeah. but I just couldn't listen. And, and I think he got it in the end. I mean, I started thieving at the age of 11. Mm. Not because he showed me that. Mm. I used to go out thieving in Woolworths in the High Street in New Malden. Mm. And then I got into a few little scraps. Um, and I think he started to see that maybe I was... It's in the blood. In the blood. Mm. So I got at it. I got arrested when I was about 20. Four. I was, I was, I was handling stolen antique furniture. I was a little bit rough. I had a couple of fights and all that. But then the fear got me. I started using heavy drugs. And I think once, once the fear in you, fear without faith is difficult. Yeah. So you can either respond to fear aggressively or cowardly. Mm. It, it plays a major, a major role. And it, it, I was impregnated with that at a very early age mm. from the abuse, from having the, the genetic value of my father. And I'm not blaming my dad. Mm. So crime was a fix for me. And I got involved heavy. So I really liked it in the end. Did you get that buzz? Oh, I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved it. I went to live down in Marbella. I was wanted by the police. What age were you then? 24. At 24? <laughs> I've been here. Yeah. What were you wanted for? Well, I was, what had happened? I was, I was involved with a mate of mine. He was a lovely kid, this guy, but he was a game boy. He, died, he passed away a few years ago. He was a smashing kid, but he was a strong lad. Mm. And he was wild. And he was wanted for a number of things, some drugs and a gun and that. And me and him was in the car. We'd been chased by the police. There was some cocaine of, about. We had a terrible car chase. I went up in a wheelchair. He went through the, 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 the uh, window screen of the car. Um, it was They didn't find the drugs straight away. They found a little bit. I, w I was in Brixton on remand. And, and my dad got me judging chambers. So I got out and... Uh, and look, I'm not saying it weren't my shout because mm. I'd done loads of naughty things, but this one really wasn't my my, my, my shout. Mm. I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Involved. Mm. But um, anyway, he was badly wanted, this kid. They got him. They give me bow. And after a little while, I went over to live in Spain because I thought that's what you'd done. Mm. And went out to Spain. I was wanted. I suppose if it had gone against me, I'd have got about six or seven years. Mm. And I just kept out of the way for a little while. But, it, you know, when I got down there, there was all there, you know, the friends. All the faces. All of yeah. them were there, yeah. yeah. What's this, late 80s or 80s times? Or that not? was 84. Yeah, okay. It was lovely. Yeah. Romantic. Yeah. Port of Anus was fantastic. Place to be, wasn't it? Pretty girls. Yeah. Lovely beach. And, you know, and it, it, I was there and everyone knew me. But I, I started to sense then that my brokenness was becoming apparent. Okay. So I would use people, places, money. I mean, I've done some things that I'm, I'm extremely not proud of. Mm. And because I didn't get the antidote healing, because I didn't understand it, you know, I was a tough boy, but I was a broken boy. I couldn't let anyone know I weren't well. Mm. So I would use drinks, drugs, women, affairs. You know, I'm not happy about it. But today I don't do that. Mm. So something good come out of it. So down in my bay, I was messing about myself, having a little go, you know, jumping about in Europe, getting a few quid. Um, and that was it. My dad had a bit, you know, got a lot of help down there. The, the Freddie Foreman's of the world. He's a lovely man, Freddie yeah. Foreman. He's a special man, Fred. Yeah. And um, he's a family man, Fred. He is. And I know he's a bit of an animal, but for me, I just used to, Always had a soft spot with Fred. Mm. I should go out of his niece, Tracy. Mm. And um, so he was there. I was a bit of an hothead. I caused a bit of trouble down there. He told me up a couple of times. Did you listen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had a fight with a geezer down there called Eddie Ayoff. He, uh, he was a lovely man, Eddie. He's a business. I don't want to mess the man about. He's a lovely man. But I think he fought. I think he fought Bob Foster for the Eliminator, for the Light Heavyweight Championship of the world. Not a man you want to shape up with. Yeah. And I had my little brother there, God rest his soul, and his friends. And they were Chelsea kids. They mm. weren't rough. Mm. They used to like a little bit of cocaine, mm. little puff. But they weren't druggies. They mm. used to have a little bet. They went to lovely schools. They had good jobs. And they was visiting me. And there was a, a, a confrontation at a, 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 in, a, in a hotel. Uh, they was all there, Freddie Foreman, all the famous five, Eddie Ayoff, my brother and his friends, me. There was an altercation. Anyway, I've gone outside and um, 
I've got the naughtiest right-hander I've ever had in my life. <laughs> he knocked me nose across my face. And Fred said, you can't do this. He'd knocked, he'd knocked the three kids out. I steamed into him. But he's all right. I, he's not, it's not a violent shout, this. And, and as he knocked me on the floor, someone shouted out, Wales four, England nil. <laughs> So that was it. That was me. So I got hurt there. And, and, and then I realised that trouble was, you know, and Fred said to me, you can't mess about down mm. here, Michael, because mm. we get slung out. And uh, and then something tra tragic happened to me. My brother died in a, um, went underneath a lorry on the road there. He was only, he was down there with me because my grandfather was dying. And uh, so it's all trauma. Wow. And he went down the road in the car. He never met his son. His son's 34, our old is Charles today. He's 35 of something like beautiful boy, works, got a lovely job. He's a similar industry to this. Yeah. Um, his mum married another man and they had three lovely, beautiful children, the Burns family. And um, so my brother's never met his son. Wow. So that was tragic. Then my grandfather died. The day after, or two days after, my mum buried her son. Sounds like a... No. no, no. It's real, you know. Yeah. My brother, my mum buried her dad and her son. My uh, grandson, when he, her grandson was born, you know, he, uh, my uh, his, uh, his father wasn't there. So it was all tragic. And, it, and mm. I was wanted by the police. Drugs, mad. And it all went just totally... It was. I think it was the dis destruction of the family. Yeah. Yeah, it was heavy. Did that make you want to use even more? Yeah. It did. I got angry. Yeah. I blamed God. Yeah. I used to go up to the cemetery in Epsom early hours of the morning, putting stuff in there like cannabis and cocaine. as if was insane. What, into, into the grave? Just a great, all right, mate, drunk on oh, the ecstasy. Wow. I was gone, screaming. I'd fall asleep up there. Not all the time. I'd done it a couple of yeah. times because I was heartbroken. Because mm. when I went to get him, after he died, he was in such a terrible state. He went underneath a lorry and he was in an old little panda car. Oh, man. It was like... Nothing. Yeah. It was, it, Squashed. It was, yeah, mm. absolutely. So they wouldn't open the coffin after that. It was tragic. His mm. son was born. And, and so I was angry. I was angry. Why if, you know, why didn't you do it to me? Why mm. him? Because he, he was such a beautiful soul. Mm. So that didn't help me. And I, I turned to drugs. Mm. You know, which which drug was your cocaine. choice? Cocaine. Cocaine was it? Were you Co using copious amounts? Oh. Were you at it? Were you? I snorted for England. Wow. I was crazy, and plus I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, but it, I became dirty, mm. and, and I think what lied beneath the demon in Michael, and this is no excuse. No. It, it once the cocaine started and the drink started, it activated my younger trauma. Mm. And so what I've been taught as a very young age with the, the abuse of my father, I didn't get what my sister and brother got. I got, my card was different. Yeah. And so it then it, it, it evaporated, it, not evaporated, it exploded into a complete and utter lunatic. I got, I got quite aggressive towards women. I was a child. I was, I was aggressive towards my friends. I was aggressive towards my family. You know, I was I, I wasn't not I wasn't violent, um, but I was a big man, and, and my bark bark was worse than my bite, and I began to hate myself. Wow. I blamed myself, my brother dying, all my friends, and I started having affairs. Um, and there was a wonderful lady; she was the mother of my children, is Tracy. She was beautiful. She was there. She stood by me. When, when did you marry Tracy? What year? Well, funny enough, my, my marital status is a bit, bit <laughs> like my life, a bit odd, Dodge. <laughs> I met her, um, so I had three children with Tracy when all this madness was going on, three beautiful girls. I got, I got four girls. My first three girls, Amy, Lily and Beth with Tracy, incredible kids. And, um, you know, they went through it. So I... I had an affair. I, when I came back from Spain, Arthur Martin died. I got nicked again. I went to prison. I got a three or four not guilties. Only got 18 months, which I was pleased about. I come out of prison in 80, 87 or 88. What did you get nicked for back then when you landed back in England? A, a possession of cocaine. Yeah, okay. But only a little bit. It was, but I had a bit of form for it. I, yeah. But I was fortunate. Yeah. 
But I've got four not guilties in the trial, um, or three. Got guilty on the on the last one. But I'd done six months on or eight months on remand. Should have gone home, wound up getting 18 months. Um, come out of prison, thought, oh, that's it. I mean, it weren't hard, the prison sentence. Mm. It weren't hard. There was a lot of wild kids in the prisons at the time. And I came out, had an affair, sadly, with a girl. I call it an affair, but I loved this girl. Her name was Jane. Mm. But it was dishonest, dysfunctional. So I'm repeating that old behaviour, mm. and it ain't an excuse. Mm. Uh, fueled with drugs, mm. filled with a debt with my brother. Um, and ain't an excuse in my reality. But, you know, I made choices, was, wasn't nice, mm. hurt people. Mm. And I was a likeable chap. So I had this Brian Emmett, my dad going on, and my mum going on, and it was a combustion of madness in the end. How I kept my sanity, dog, was unbelievable. Mm. So I had an affair, had a breakdown. So when you, had a, when you had that affair, did your Mrs. Tracy stick by you while you were inside? So when I went away mm. the first time, Tracy was there. Mm. When I came out, I had the affair then. It was, a, it was a friend of hers, so I'm not proud of that, but I'm very honest about mm. it. And um, I, I couldn't live with myself, and I had to break. I, I didn't have a mental breakdown, but I had an emotional breakdown. I was, I was gone. Mm. And I went back to Tracy. She medicated me, helped me get through it. I never went to the doctor's. Sounds like a coronation. <laughs> it's like EastEnders, East isn't it? <laughs> I was all the character. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, she helped me. And then I sort of, we were like friends. I, I loved her. But I, I didn't know how to communicate. Mm. My, my heart was hardened. Mm. She gave me these three beautiful children. My head was playing tricks with me. Mm. Um, and what I do believe is our brain is for practical purposes and our heart is to speak with but I didn't know love language I felt it I didn't know love language so I found it very hard to communicate with my children and I adored them and eventually I went to live back out in Spain Tracy stuck by me but we'd become like friends mm. um, and, 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 and so I went to live in Spain again in about 89 mm. and then what did you do were you, were you earning a pound out out in Spain at the time yeah yeah I was bang at it were you what were you doing? I was smuggling cannabis. Yeah. My father had just been arrested with Joe Parr in 88. Um, and they got out of a trial, quite rightly so and all. Mm. Um, I, I think they was arrested for 800 key a puff. And it, 1990s, 91, yeah. it was a couple of grand a key. Wow. It was, a, it was a lucrative business. So it just kept increasing and increasing as years went on. Yeah, it did, I think. Yeah, from, from that sort of period. Yeah. And the old man and Joe got arrested. They went to pr They was on remand. They was on the booking cat A prisoners. They got released. Quite rightly so. Did all. they get nicked out in Spain or back in No, in the UK. In the UK, okay. In the UK, apparently in the Irish Seas it was something got bought over. It weren't true though. It was true, but it weren't them. And um they got out of that. They was they was wanted. You know, my dad and Joe, whether they'd done the business extremely well, I found a thing on you know, you can find so much on the on these internet yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And him and Joe was, um, I think they was on the hit list of the, of the top movers in the UK at the mm. time. It was obviously very clever. Mm. And then they went their own ways. Joe got arrested, sadly, and got 14 years. And the old man said to me, listen, I, I've on this affair, I was in trouble. And, and the glamour had been broken, you know. You reap what you sow in yeah, life. Yeah. But you've got to understand it. If you don't understand it, you're in trouble. Mm. That's where the mental health comes from, the malady of the spirit, the addictions, the wanting to be liked and please like me, I've got money, I've got drugs, I've got... Mm. And there's a broken kid in here. It's not only me, it happens to a lot of people, yeah. but mine was mine was pretty extreme. Yeah. <laughs> pretty extreme. <laughs> so we went out to Spain and, and, and the old man said, look, go out there. Went out to Morocco. I, I'm arrest I got arrested for it, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about crime. Yeah. Yeah, I got arrested. I was charged with uh, two and a half ton and four and a half ton of cannabis. Wow. What does that equate to in a pound note these days? I don't know right now, then, but it was worth about, they say it was worth about 10 mil, 10 million quid. So we had a go. <laughs> so we had a go. <laughs> got nicked down in Biddeford in North Devon. Is that right? Coming on a boat. So how did, how, did it, how did it work then? You're getting it from Morocco, putting it on boats and then bringing it into the ports? No. 
No, mm. we, there's all ways of getting mm. in, but the one I got arrested for, mm. the one I got arrested for, arrived on a, a, I mean, they they do all sorts of things, but for me, I can only tell you what I got arrested yeah. for. Yeah. So I, um, this come on a boat, yeah? Um, it, it come from, this come from Capa Verde, which is beyond Morocco, in the, um, going down towards uh, Capa Verde is quite a nice place I think but it's beyond Africa just beyond Africa I think it goes you know where Tenerife is and yeah, all that yeah. I think it's a bit further it's down okay, yeah. Capa Verde so it came from there alleged so I don't get myself in trouble and it arrived in uh, a place called Biddeford in the in the uh, little fishing village in that's it yeah but there was an operation where it got moved and changed yeah. and it was quite a large amount of cannabis. I can't say how much it was, but we was part of the entries into the UK. Yeah. So in the, uh, we don't, we tried it. They said we tried it twice. The first time we were just helping. Mm. The second time we was involved. Mm. So the first time they drudged up, I think it was in the February of 92, I think, they drudged up two and a half tonne of cannabis, which they said was a bolted off this boat. It was being watched by the customs. Um, it got bolted. They 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 towed the boat in. Couldn't do a lot to them because mm. they had no. They didn't have the gear. I'm not sure what went on there, but like an idiot, I went on the boat. This guy shouldn't have done it. Mm. My father told me not to. So we had this intense operation on us for about 18 months. Wow. We was attached to, we wasn't involved, but we believed that there, there was cartels involved with the the, 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 the the shippings that we'd used. There was, and it come out in the paper, this, there was a bank account opened in the Cayman Islands. So it was quite intense. Mm. There was copious amount of money and drugs and, and you know, there was, a, it was over a hundred people arrested around the world. Wow. And so it was big. The Americans was involved. It's all in the newspapers. Mm. So um, that's why I can speak about it. So we was attached to that, but we wasn't part of that. Mm. It, we wasn't operational in that. But it was organised crime because my dad and Joe, uh, they was organised crime European. So it all fitted this sort of superficial gangster world they think existed because it don't. Yeah. We're all yeah. we're all we're all broken kids yeah. trying to get a few quid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and every now and again someone might lose their life, which mm. ain't nice. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I I'm not I'm not saying it's clever, mm. but there's wars all around the world. We were just at war, I suppose. That was our internal wars, mm. and um, and you get you get res you get respect because you get trusted that you keep your mouth shut and people are safe with you know they give you money to spend mm. and invest into your product. You know, there's that, there's that camaraderie, there's that, that trust. Mm. And we, we, we was all trusted people, you know. And it was a fraternity. I know I'm not condoning drug smuggling here, but we had some fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay. You know, we had some fun. <laughs> Boats and lorries and whatever we done. We Living had, the high life, right? We had some fun. Yeah. We used to live up in the mountains and either way. Yeah. It was like being a, like, a real sort of, don't know. It was like what you'd see on the TV. Yeah, and and there's a lot more to it than that. But um, there was me broken, mm. and it became my fix. Yeah. I couldn't stop. Yeah. I thought I'd get the lot here. Da, 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 da. I was like, yeah. my dad said, slow down, son. Yeah, what are you doing? But I was in it to win it. Mm. So after the two and a half ton, there was an. They wasn't following us from the aborted attempt. They was on us from abroad. Right, and. And they continued to be on us. They didn't, the people then come and asked us to do it again, which we gladly said yes. And we began to do the operation again. And, and on November the 93, on the 7th of November, after some sort of crazy organization, it was quite funny, people involved. Yeah. And um, I, was sit, I, I was arrested with a gun to my head. But I was telling a story the other day, this will give, this will explain who I am in one. Mm. Prior to me getting arrested, I was out in Morocco and I loved Morocco. Mm. I should love it in Tangiers. Mm. Not because of the smuggling. I was introduced to a family of people out there who was wealthy, retired artists. For a dear friend of my dad's, he was married to a lady out there who lived there. 
you know, you've seen the pictures of Ronnie Cray and all that. They was all out there mm. in Tangiers. And there was a nice side to Tangiers. It was a lovely side to Tangiers. And funny enough, I was in the bank this morning and I ain't seen this kid for 20, 30 years. I took him on a trip with me. I'm standing in the bank in Battersea. He went, Michael, I've turned around, he was there. I haven't seen him for 30 years. And he was one of the kids who I took there with me. So um, it's quite coincidental, actually. Anyway, so I'm in Morocco. So I, I, I didn't want to be around the, all, the, all the madness. I wanted to be around the madness, but not that madness. Mm. So it was lovely. I got introduced to very posh people, very wealthy people. <laughs> and they used to have backgammon tournaments, play chess. And, they were, and I'm not against any uh, form of class distinction or, mm. or sexuality, but there was a number of gay guys there. Mm. And I used to hang out and play backgammon mm. with them. And they all lived up in the Rift Valleys. Uh, and then on the, uh, that was the Mediterranean side, on the Atlantic side, they used to have summer houses there. And they'd all have lovely things, mango trees and all oh, that. Oh, I loved that. Oh, so they were all, all the gangsters that run about. I used to slip down there. I used to yeah. get a bit of puff. <laughs> just lay on the beach and get stoned. <laughs> Say, God, drive me mad. And then appear and do what I had to do. I was in this place with two geezers who thought they were tough. Mm. It didn't bother me, to be honest with you. Not that I was a the best fighter in the world, but I weren't impressed with mm. things like that. My dad's pal, Bobby, he's a great man, Bobby. He was friends with all the stars, Richard Harris and all that. Mm. And he he was the introduction for me down there, bless him. And there's a there's there's some stuff going on. You're not meant to try the gear. I want to try it because I'm an addict. And I get stoned in a room. I shouldn't have got stoned. They're talking business. Geezer had a gun. And I've got, right, guess that. I'm smoking him out of a pipe. And they're looking. I'm meant to be respectable. Anyway, I put my feet up on this sort of uh, windowsill and a mouse ran across my foot. And I was petrified. So I've jumped. I said, there's a And they said, what? He's a, he's a tough kid from London. He's a drug yeah. smuggler. He's frightened of mice. <laughs> so I'm stoned. He freaked me out. Three or four months later, I'm arrested in Biddeford, and this is the yin and yang of Michael. It's the opposite of me. Mm. It's the it's the it's the uh, sort of uh, abused child, and uh, and the man who don't give a monkeys. Mm. And 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 this time I'm there's I think there was sixteen or so many officers there. There were 60 officers, the number of them armed, you know, rifles, night sights, handguns. And I'm being arrested by these geezers and they seem to have a, I'm shouting out my name on a megaphone. I had a number in my pocket, which I wanted to get rid of. It wasn't a criminal guy, but I didn't want him having the number. And they shout out on a megaphone, he's got a concealed weapon. <laughs> now you, you want them thinking that, yeah. wallop, you're gone. Yeah. And we'd had this chase, this madness, the geezer collapsed in the car, the other one was getting pistol whipped. It was a, a proper scene. And I'm standing there with, and the lights were like these. Mm. It was like a film set. And I got a, quite a strong voice. I went, all of you, shut up. <laughs> and for a moment they stopped. And it was like time stood still for a second. I want to get the number out of my pocket, which I did and hit it. And as they'd come running towards me, <laughs> I, I weren't frightened. Mm. And it's not because I wasn't frightened of guns, but that, that Michael, he didn't give a shit. Yeah. Excuse my terminology. Mm. And and when I think about the mice and the gun analogy, that's me. Yeah. I was petrified of a yeah. mice. And so when I was in my addictions, I would use things to make me feel better. Mm. So the old was gaping. Mm. I filled it with dishonest sex, with copious amounts of money, drugs, a crazy father who I could see was tough but weak. And all these things were going on. It was pretty weird. Mm. So it was quite easy for me to fall into spirituality. Mm. And there was nothing back there talking about mental health, I would have thought, back no. in the day, was there? You, well, you said you was mental. People, Yeah, in the school playground, I think you were probably mental, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was like homes for that yeah. or medication. Yeah. I had one uncle who was a schizophrenic who was in a mental home for 40 years my uncle Johnny, but it was a beautiful soul. So I knew what those institutions were like. I knew I wasn't like that because yeah. he is a schizophrenic. Mm. So mine was a confusion. So I, I do recovery, mm. yeah, and I do the church, mm. uh, and I'm not religious. Mm. 
But um, I had an encounter which changed my life. Mm. And it ain't been easy. So the hole that was in me and the malady of the spirit from the dysfunctional thought pattern, it, it's mental health issues. Yeah. But you're not mentally ill, mm. but there's a way out of it to be clean, to, to be to be abstinent from dark life, I suppose. But I love being a criminal. Mm. I loved it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love the money. Yeah. I love what I've done. I love what went with it. And then, when I say I loved it, it's what I knew. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't condone crime. I'm not against any criminals. I love criminals. Mm. They're my own. Yeah. Um, and and you know we go to prison. We do our time. And I know this, I'm not promoting crime. Trust me, I'm not. Um, you know, there's a lot of lovely people in the criminal fraternities that I knew. Um, but, you know, it's like as if I'm bumping up crime. I'm not, I just happen to be a ex-criminal. Mm. When he had the gun to my head, he went to me, a penny be your thoughts. All I could think about was my three kids. Yeah. And I had a tear in my eye. I was thinking, what have I done to my kids? Not the thing you'd be thinking about. You'd be trying to escape or think, what's going on? Mm. But the art started to speak. My darling kids, Amy, Lily and Beth. And um, and that was the start of a change for me. And I was re I was, I was over the moon. I weren't over the moon, I was Nick, but the relief. Yeah. It was like something I thought, oh, thank God that's over. Yeah. And then reality started setting. What age were you when you got Nick then? 34. 34. And how long did you get? I got 12 and a half years. Oh, mate. Mm. When you were standing in front of the judge, what was that feeling like when he goes, you got 12 and a half? Not good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I want to Not, Not good. But if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a fine involved, which we got out of. There could have been another six years put on that. We could have been doing 18 years. But... Um, you know, it was funny in the court, and this is not to embarrass, I'm not against judges or anything like yeah. that, but this judge wanted it, because it was organised crime. He wanted it to be a class A drug. Yeah. So he could, this should be a class uh, A drug. This drug's a killer. And the barrister jumped up and he said, Your Honour, the only way this could kill anybody if it fell on top of them. Because <laughs> it was five yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I laughed. Yeah. And the barrister said, "Don't." I, I, weren't, I just thought it was a funny remark, but I could start to see this judge wanted us. Yeah. And we weren't going to get any leniency. Um, we went to the mercy of the court with a, with a plea deal. And uh, when he sent, he, he sent us my dad first. Organized. So you got sentenced with your old man. Yeah, I was Nick with me dad. Sorry. Oh my god. Yeah, he was in the dock next to me. Oh my God. He blamed me. He said he was going to me when, I, in, when the trial, because we stopped a six months trial. Excuse my terminology, I don't like to swear, but my old man kept saying out the corner of his mouth, This is all your fault, you greedy bastard. Is that what he was saying? Yeah, yeah, I, said, was yeah I said, Dad. He said, I told you to slow down. And he was probably right. Yeah. You know, you, you go under the radar. Yeah. But I went, guns are blazing. If you were using that much cocaine, alcohol, Sex, the the puff, the whole lot. How were you self-aware what was going on around you? Well, I stopped using. When I work, I, I used to keep away from Okay. Me. So that, that was a pinnacle part when Tracy started to self-medicate me. Right. I, I got well for a year. I yeah. didn't touch anything. Yeah. I didn't go near. I was having a puff. Yeah. I didn't do any crime. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Yeah. And I got well. And I went to live out in Spain again. Mm. And when I was out in Spain, I that's where I met the lady I first married. Daniela. Mm. So Tracy had my children. I met Daniela's family, Italian family from Naples. They were restaurateurs. And she was a very sweet girl. Mm. She was a nice girl. It wasn't driven by dysfunction and drugs. Mm. It was like as if she'd been sent to me to help me along my way. Mm. And she was a very kind girl. Uh, I got well. I got a lot stronger and better. And in the end, I was ready to rumble. Mm. I went straight back at it. I wasn't a liability. I was a, a strong boy. Yeah. And and when I worked, I never used drugs. Yeah. I never used to take drugs. Um, funny enough, the night before we got nicked, I was in an environment down in Biddeford and there was a little bit of coke and on a couple of lines two nights before we we got nicked. But that was unusual to mm. me. You know, I, I was aware. I was. I was. A, I, as a criminal, you, you have to know you. You're a rugby star. You know your enemy on the pitch. You size him up. You centre wherever you scrum off. The people know you're a rugby star, Dodge. 
No. They do now, sorry, <laughs> mate. So I don't think I was a rugby star, but I did all right. No, he's all right <laughs> yeah. anyway. But yeah. I'm just saying, so in that in that in that um you was a rugby player. Or whatever you whatever is there's always someone you've got to size up. For me it was the police. Yeah. That was who I was One against. step ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you're clever. The operation was was run by some sort of military people. Mm. But once they're on you, they're on you. Mm. You know, you ain't getting away with mm. it. And a lot of people, a lot of crimes go on because they go on. But when they've targeted you mm. and they know there's a lump of cannabis there in the regions of what it's worth, because this was only a, a bit of it, what I was arrested for, it was a worldwide, it's never been told the story. It was massive. Yeah. So the intensity of armed officers, mm. people, surveillance, we was on surveillance for 18 months and you get them, mm. you know, I got them a few times, mm. but you think, oh, they're looking. And then we had someone mark my card and said, listen, it's bang on you. They started going into restaurants I was using. Um, they was putting, they put bugs in our cars. They was on all our places, everywhere we was living. And 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 they was they was but we'd got them, mm. but the, the the greed gets you. Yeah. And then you think you know what we stopped for a number of months. Yeah. But this one they wanted. Mm. They weren't letting this one go. So you go back to the greed there. Did you find that you were constantly wanting to earn the next pound note, next shipment, next shipment, or did you get to a point and go, well, if I hit ten mil, I've got ten mil and cleared up, but I'm out of the game, or is it the addiction of wanting more? You think that. Yeah. But you don't do that. It's to drive, yeah. and it ain't an easy game. You don't you don't win all the time, mm. but you're always, you know. There's a saying, yeah, and it says, um, "One is too many, a thousand not enough." Mm. So the first one mm. is too much for an addict, mm. and if you have a thousand, it still don't work yeah. out for you. Yeah. So I believe the criminal the crimes are, it's a buzz. Mm. You know, it's frightening, hold up and all that, and you're doing it. And when you get your success, mm. look, I was crazy. I used to pray, God, get this one home. I won't yeah. do it again. Yeah. You know, so I had that in me and all. And and it was organised. It was it was powerful. My dad and Joe had an organisation which was powerful, correct. Well, they were well thought of. They mm. weren't just let's have a go. It yeah. weren't a spin of a coin. They yeah. were well thought of. It was good connections. And I got involved and I took it, I'll be honest with you, I took it to another level. Yeah. Stupid, really. But that was the addict. Yeah. It was never enough. Mm. It was never enough. And then I took my focus off, not the police or getting arrested, because I, I, I never got anyone arrested. They was bang on us and I don't get anyone arrested. Mm. And, and I was pretty lively at crime. I was pretty, I was game. Mm. But it was the addict. It was a crazy addict, so it was never going to be enough. So the answer to your question, I don't know. Mm. I don't think I'd have ever sort of. I didn't know. I didn't know anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? What was that feeling like when that first time you said, "Right, I've got a twelve and a half. I'm going to end with Nick." What's that feeling like being in prison? Well, because I've been in prison a few times, mm. and when we got arrested on November the seventh, it was sixteen. What year? November. Sorry, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. So when they took us to Exeter Prison, we was meant to be Cat A prisoners. There was four of us, 17 of us all together. They let three go, but they were subordinates. They were lovely people. Mm. There was a, it was a, a fishmonger, a fisherman, and they were good, strong, yeah. but, but they were lovely people. Yeah. But they had a go. They didn't have their arms twisted up their back. Yeah. So we'd, we'd put it all in the, we'd, we'd been catching cod for a number of months, <laughs> and we'd hit in the cod five ton. Yeah, yeah They yeah. called my dad the cod farmer. The cod farmer quality. Yeah, he did like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you get arrested, I, I I suppose there's a bright, there's a lot of a macho thing, mm. but where I had this sort of addict in me, I was all right at first. They weighed me father off. We're all in the jury box, 14 of us. They started with me dad, give him 12 and a half years. Give me 12 and a half years. My mother got, my mother was quite a cool lady, mm. but I think with my brother dying, her dad dying, her husband getting 12 and a half years, me getting over a period of four or five years, she let out a scream. And yeah. I've never heard, my mum was pretty cool, my yeah. mum. And she let out a scream. So I was mindful of him. My dad got up, he was 64, the old man. He tried to grab the Frenchman who was in the dock with us. So there was carnage, yeah. shouting and screaming. He went down. I went back in and I was all right at first. 
So the operational mind started holding them in it. What am I going to do? Yeah. I can't contemplate escaping. Yeah. Um, and then one day after about a month, or what, I don't know how long it was, they put a piece of paper under your door of how many days you're doing. And I'll be honest with you, it freaked me out a little bit. I was overwhelmed. Yeah, I bet. I was like, I thought, God, leave yeah. it out. Yeah. So that worked good. <laughs> that worked good. But then I started on a different path. Yeah. Did you go down the old, like, one, two, three, four, no. rub it out, and they can't do that? You just no. got to forget it. You just got to do it by, you do it by seasons. Yeah. You do it by, oh, winter's gone. Spring's gone. Okay. And as you get older, you know what time's like. But the first 18 months is, um, you know, people have done a lot more prison sentences than me. Yeah. But my prison sentence was my own condemnation. Mm. I was imprisoning myself, okay. which has been a lot harder than sitting behind a prison door, mm. I think so for me. Mm. So, but, yeah, you do it. It's bizarre. Christmas comes, birthday comes. And then the first 18 months is the hardest. But after then, we was doing all charity stuff, and yeah. it, it, it was it, it come all you know. I, I got it's the norm. Yeah, you get used to mm. it. You know, we're creatures of habit, mm. aren't we? Mm. Tell me, tell me a day in prison. Are you locked up for twenty three hours? You no, it's not. How's it work? Well, some of them are. I'm not sure now. Yeah. But back in the day, we were old lags, a little bit like porridge, till you get up to the London Knicks. Yeah, and then you get there tough prisons up there. Yeah. But, you know, in the 90s, they would encourage you to do education. There was a, I mean, in Swaleside, it must have been two or three, eight, I don't know, a couple of acres of land. It was football pitches, rugby pitches. Is that right? Athletics. Not all like that. Hmm. But, you're, you know, you do bird. You, yeah. you, you're behind the door. But once you get out of the remand system and then they put you in the bigger nicks, yeah. you know, they want you out. They don't want you, they want you working. Hmm. So there's all textile jobs. There's loads of things you do. Hmm. But I, I, I've never, I, I'm, people say they are, but I've never been behind the door for 23 hours a day. Mm. I was always out and about. Did you find you had respect as soon as you got in, Nick? Were you in, Nick? Did you go in the same cell with your old man? Two years. Is that right? Yeah, two years. Did you argue with each other? Quite a couple of fights. Did you? <laughs> yeah, a few rounds. <laughs> what, in blaming you and you going, hold on a minute, I've taken the empire to another level? Uh, it, <laughs> it, it was that. Yeah. It would never be said, but there was family issues as well. He was seeing another woman, bless him. So I had a resentment towards him. And um, but then I started to realise, you know, he was as broken as I was, the old okay. boy. And um, but he was a tough, he was only small, but he was Irish descent. Mm. He could have a fight. Could he? Oh dear. He could have a fight. So we'd have our murders. But I don't know, things begin to change. And I, I you know, the addict in me started wanting something. So I was my my then wife, Daniela, was friends with Samantha Fox. What, the old page three son? Page, yeah, oh, page three. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she, everyone had everyone had a, a picture of Sam Fox in a, in a room back in the 90s, didn't they? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. Did or, you, Lude, or Linda Lusardi with the other Linda mom, Lusardi. Yeah. yeah, Linda Lusardi. Yeah. So Sam, <laughs> Sam was a, um, it's a funny story with that. Sam was um, a friend of Daniela's. Mm. And she went to a church in, in London called Holy Trinity Brompton, which was the home of Alpha. It's a, it's a course. And um, Alpha does what? Alpha is at, well, it's in prisons. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's, a, it's a course for Christians. It's, it's a course for people who want to know about the faith. Okay. And it's non-threatening. It's not religious. And it, 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 it's, it's all, ter it's not, it's not, I mean, it's biblical based. Yeah. But you're not, it, it's cool. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. So Sam went there. She met the people there, obviously they love a celebrity, them mm, people. Mm. So Sam was in the church. My then wife, Daniela, was her friend. Daniela wanted me out of prison, crazy Italian girl. Hey, we have to help him, we have to mm. help him. So she took her to the church. You know what them Catholics are pray, Mother yeah, Mary yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's very religious to me. <laughs> Water from Lourdes, St. Yeah, yeah, Peter, yeah. St. Yeah, Martin, all yeah, that, yeah. and you think, oh, hold up. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, I say that criminals like that religion. Yeah. It's quite funny because it's a religion of constant repent, repentance. I'm yeah. so sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Father, far, I've yeah. got me Won't cross. do it again. Won't do it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was going on. So Daniela went to the church 
And there's a lovely man who runs the church. He, this is a church in the prison? No, this is in Knightsbridge. Knightsbridge okay. This is only Trinity okay. Brompton okay. where Sam went. There. Yeah. So um, she went there and there was a guy called Nicky Gumble, and he runs the Alpha Course. And there was another extremely beautiful uh, church who run the church, a man called Sandy Miller. And he was a, he was a godly man, he was a lovely man. So Nikki met Sam and Daniela, and she used to say to me, oh, they're pro, I say, Dan, I'm all right. Yeah. You know, but it was something inside of me that wanted fixing, mm. yeah. And I'd do the, I'd, I'd been involved with a 12-step. Um, Recovery. Could you, do, could you do that inside? Now you can, not you then. Can. Okay. Not then. Because I think that would have been a, a I'd, have, I'd, have cho I'd have had a choice out of the two. And maybe I might have chose the 12 steps of recovery because yeah. I couldn't stand the word born again Christian. Yeah. I hated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still struggle it, but I'm, I have the faith today. Yeah. But like I say I'm not religious. Mm. So, um, so what happened was Sam went to the church and there was a thing that happened out in it. The, um, there's a lady called Eddie Mumford and she was her sons, they're the Mumfords, they're the, the group. I don't want to name drop here. I'm not sure. What, Mumfords and Sons? Yeah. Okay. So the mother was involved with the okay. church and a lovely lady, Ellie Mumford. And she had something happened to her. And 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 I could go into it deep, but I won't. Mm. There was things said about a prison with a, with a uh, I don't want to be weird, with a yachting, uh, no, sorry, a moating. I was in that prison. Someone, they, they call them prophecies. Mm. So they had a prophecy about this prison. I'm in there, and um, and for me it's real, you know. What was said came true, and so it's a long story. But Ellie come back from Canada, where they it's a thing called revival. Mm. So she was full of the spirit. We call it the Holy Spirit. She went to see Nikki Gumble at Holy Trinity Brompton, where Sam went with Daniela. I'm in the. I'm sitting in the nick. Open the mail on Sunday, and there's a picture of the of the church when I'm reading the mail on Sunday, and I think, oh, he's an angle here, because that's how I used to think. Yeah, yeah, used to yeah. think on my feet. Yeah. So I run down to the chaplain. I said, oh, Daniela's going to that church. He said, oh, that's the home of Alpha. We'd like to do the Alpha course in the prison. Ah. So I got on the phone, got them down. And that's call started. It's now in 900 prisons around the world. And I met a guy from Uganda who was on death row. Mm. He was a political prisoner. He'd done 26 years. He'd done this course. They released him. He now works for the Ugandan minister. So that's the fruit of wow. what we started. We started wow. the course in 93. Amazing. It is amazing. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. It is Massive respect for that. Yeah, amazing. So when you were when you were in Nick, was there a, was the was it Ronnie Cray or Reggie Cray you were with? So when I arrived in Maystone, I'd, I'd, been, I'd now been away about three three years, and I liked him, old Reg, bless his heart. And uh, <laughs> he was a lovely old boy. He weren't what they said. Okay, he? I was going to ask that. Yeah. No, no, okay. It was a lot worse for people in yeah. prison. I mean, his brother Ronnie. They say he was he was a schizophrenic, mm. so a, a schizophrenia wrapped with a criminal mind mm. is probably mm. really dangerous, mm, very. very dangerous. Mm. But Reg, bless him, he took to me. I think because he knew me dad, mm. and and I've said it before. I weren't impressed with Reg. Mm. He, 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 we was all there together. There were some great people in that Nick, yeah. who I know and, and and I knew, and me and Reg sort of gone. I used to go in his cell. It was like. A, it, he used to, it was like a Cherokee thing. He had this thing about Red Indians. He used to kip on the floor. I had some right fun with Reg. <laughs> we introduced him. He was going to get an album cover for the Sex Pistols. They went and done a, a they, they revamped there. They went on tour again in 1966. Reg was going to do the front cover. That's another funny story. Uh, we, we used to play, get football games with him. And it was, it was some great stories. Um, so I used to get on well with him and, mm. and I liked him and I prayed with him and, mm. and, my, and Daniela, who I was with, she, she met another guy and he come into my cell and took me over to church and went, we got to forgive him, Michael. Mm. And you wouldn't believe he was who he said he was. Mm. He used to speak with a lisp. 
He was no mug, mm. but when I met him, he'd, he'd done like 30 years. Mm. It's a long time. So I had some fun with Reggie. Was he a big man? Small man? No, he was fit. Yeah. He was only small. They were only small, the twins. Was I? You could see that he'd trained. Yeah. He was a fit man, but he, he shrunk. Mm. So he, he, sometimes he looked quite well. Another time, 30 years in the nick, mm. don't show on your shoes. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, it was cool. You know, it was, it was a bit bent up. Yeah. He used to knock the bag about a bit. But he had so many people on, the, you know, so many. He, the letters he used to get mm. daily. There was a fella who won the lottery, give him 200 grand. Did he? Yeah, give him 200 grand. For it? what if he's inside? Just give it to him. I'll, I'll guarantee Reg give it away. Yeah. I don't know, but he used to give money away to people. Yeah. And I, I mean, I used to, there was a friend of mine who was who, 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 uh, his girlfriend. She used to work for uh, either Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin, one of them. Mm. It's gone out of my head. One of them had a shrine to Ronnie and Reggie in their toilet. Their PR girl knew of a relation of mine. She told them I was with, with Reggie. So they sent a sign to sign drums in. They loved him. So he had that, I think it was Pink Floyd. And he went, do us a favour, ask him to do a concert for me and Ronnie at the, at the uh, Blind Beggar. The blind beggar. <laughs> I said, I don't mean to do that, Reg. <laughs> But they, he was well, they knew him, you know, and the Sex mm. Pistols wanted him to do a cover for their album, yeah. which he was going to do, and then he, he he changed his mind. But, if, you know, and he was just a lovely old boy. Mm. And when, when, when he was at the funeral and he buried Charlie, he called me over. Were you at the funeral? Of Charlie, Charlie I was, yeah. 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 Not of Ronnie, because Ron was when I was away. Yeah. But Charlie was a nice man. He was his older brother. He was his older Charlie? brother. Yeah. Charlie was as good as gold. Yeah. And, he, and I knew that when I went over to him, and he said to me, do you know what, Michael? He used to speak with a lisp. Do you know what, Michael? He was the happiest six months I spent in prison with you. I said, what? And I could see he was emotional. Yeah. And and he meant it. I didn't want anything from him. And mm. we had a laugh. And mm. I, 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 yeah, I, I recommend Reggie Craig. Quality, mate. You know. That's quality. And what did you do then? When you come out, what was your mindset like? When you come out, you said, right, I'm going clean. I'm doing this. Or were you thinking, I need to get back at it to earn a pound note? Well... I sort of was all right mm. financially. Mm. I had all because I started this course in prison, and it was hard. You know, my mates are going to me. What are you doing this course, Christian course for? Oh, you want to get out of jail early? Yeah. I, the jail I wanted to get out was 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 inwardly. Yeah. But I made a mistake. I come out of prison. I relapsed, which I was sad about. On what? On cocaine. Yeah. Then I had another affair, another relationship with a woman. A terrible thing as far alone. It was my business partner's wife, and there's no justification. Wow. They weren't getting on. Mm. I think there was a divorce or what, right? mm. but he still weren't right. Mm. weren't right. How did he find out? She told him in the end. Oh. We had a massive business together. It was heartbreaking, mm. really. For both of you, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he says, yeah, no, he loved me. Mm. And he still does, I believe. Mm. So we understand the perils of addiction. And that's no justification. Mm, mm. So that's why I stay off drinking drugs yeah. 20 odd years. Um, you 20 odd, 20 odd years clean, are you? 22 years sober, I am. Yes, mate. 22 years sober. Respect. 22 years sober. Feel good? I feel a lot better. Yeah. But it was a journey. It was a journey of, I call it a deliverance. Mm. And so, you know, I lost everything. I had, the, I had businesses, I had loads of businesses. And I think they would have, uh, I used to hide behind them. Yeah. I've had some fun. Yeah. Don't get yeah, me and wrong. I can see that. Kasabian. <laughs> I can see yeah, that. Yeah. I had a music, I had a record station, I had flower business. And I was always the bell of the ball at a party, uh, you know. <laughs> but I, even that was a mask, mm. you know. And I know I had a good art, but I had a screwed up head and a dysfunctional spirit in me. Mm. And that don't exist today. Mm. It's been hard work changing. I had to lose everything. I, I told you earlier, okay, mm. I went from a Range Rover to an Oyster card. Mm. And, um, you had years of that, didn't you? <sighs> top of the range cars, top of the range oh, houses. Yep. Places, holidays, five star everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And then lost a lot. Yeah. Got myself in debt with friends of mine, family and friends. What, via business? Yeah, well, they helped me out when I, 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 I lost a big lump of money. Legitimate business when you yeah. come out? Was Legitimate. It? Yeah. How'd that feel, going legit? Diff uh, <laughs> different. 
Yeah. There was a part of me that wanted to roll with it. Yeah. But you know what I found in the straight world? There's more crooks in the straight world than there was yeah. in my world. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you, know, you couldn't you couldn't lie. Some of them couldn't lie straight in bed. Yeah. And it was hard work because yeah. you're naive. Yeah. I didn't understand banking. Yeah. I thought you robbed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I was a bank robber, but. So yeah, it's been a it's been a change for me, but the blessing, mm. yeah, is um, you know, we had a supermarket business, we had a, a flower business, none of that sufficed. Mm. I was I was hitting it, I was still caught in the headlights because I'd relapsed, I'd had another affair, um, I had another child. It's just crazy, isn't this it? is a mental life, isn't Tell it? Tell me about yeah, it, yeah, mate. It don't happen today, yeah, amazing. So that's why I wrote the book, yeah. If things ain't totally right. I'm still in debt out there for really good friends of mine as well, and I'll pay it back. Is that debt because you set up legitimate businesses yeah. and those legitimate businesses didn't work and you borrowed the money off them? What happened was I opened up these businesses and then I, I got involved with another guy and I took my friend's money. I said to my friends, I've got a business deal here. It was, it was two and eight, yeah. it was straight. Yeah. Um, but we lost about £1.3 million. And and where I was naive to it, we people are say that ain't true. It is true. Mm. I don't care what anyone says. Mm. That's true. Mm. So where I was naive, it was fourteen years ago. But where I was, and then the crash came. Yeah. So I lost everything in the crash as well. I was. I was. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I was exposed to the yeah. banks. Yeah. I had property in Spain. I was just exposed. Yeah. And 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 I went down. But I believe. Yeah, and then when I lost the one point three, it was investments that I guaranteed to okay. family and friends. Okay, and instead of this fella stole it, mm. whether he stole it or not, where he made grave mistakes, but he done nothing to put it right. Mm. I made a silly mistake. Mm. I went and borrowed money at high interest to pay the people back who'd lost their money, so the debt became mine. Yeah. But in that, in that, I found. That the all the masks because I was a man of many masks, okay. and I'm sitting here the real Michael yeah. today. Yeah. So, whatever the purpose of good is, this story, I'm sure it will mm. come to pass. Mm. And so the mask got broken, and I learned. I went to live on a farm with my dad. I was, I was mucking out pigs. Well, Talk about the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, selling pigs to get a living to earn a keep. My dad lost his way, dementia, and and so all of that in there. He died. My mother died. The debt was still there. So just slowly, yeah. but surely, I'm coming out of it. I'll clear my name. That's why I wrote the book. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a book of repentance. It's a book of sorry. And I ain't giving myself a G. And I'm not saying everyone would agree with that. But I was like Marmite. Mm. You loved or hated me. Mm. And, and today I ain't like that. Mm. Today I've gone back to the goodness of my soul. Mm. I think it's been cleaned. Um, I work a program. I help people in recovery. Uh, I, I'll go to prisons. I ain't a do-gooder, though. No. I do it through the compassion. Mm. The books enabled us to open up, hopefully we're opening up a charity where we, where we can work with the mental health issues, addicts, prisoners. We've got things going on. There's, there's, there's some other writing we're going to do. Mm. We want to do a documentary. Um, it's, it's, and I'm enjoying it. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. without the ego. Yeah. I'd like to be out of debt, which I will do. Mm. And I, I, I want to do this. And I just hope it's for the purpose of good. Mm. If there's any more Michaels out there who think they're mad, insane, there's a way out. Yeah. And if I can give them that way out, or not me give them that way out, or, or direct people to that way out, yeah. to a sense of freedom, then I'm up for that. Yeah. And I'm at the autumn of my life. I've been blessed with seven beautiful grandchildren. Amazing. And I love them. Mm. I love them unconditionally. Mm. So my drive is to get home to them. Yeah. So I want to be finish my work free from debt, and uh, I want to be with my grandchildren. Yeah. I love them dearly. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And how how would you just before we finish up here? How would you know if you're an addict or not for anyone listening to this? How would you know you? Well, it's it's a compulsion. It's it's the wanting and the getting. It could be that, yeah. not water. Yeah. But something yeah. mind altering. Yeah. So that 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 sort of, how would you know you're an addict? If you drink one drink 
and it ain't enough. Yeah. And you drink or take drugs to change the way you feel. Now, you might have a drink to change the way you feel because you want to get happy and merry. Yeah. But we have a drink to change the way we feel or put sniff up their nose or sleep with a girl or, or, or whatever we do because we are we, we have this self-loathing about ourselves. We don't think we're good enough. Um, we people please. Yeah. We, 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 tr we try to be everyone's friend. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the darkness that's in there, it can be changed, it can be healed. But how do you know if you're an addict? If you use stuff to change the way you feel because you don't feel good about yourself. Yeah. Not because you use to have a drink because you want a bit of fun. Yeah. And, it, and there's help out there. There's lots of help out there. There's lots of good churches. There's the recovery course. And, and people like myself, I'm nothing special. Mm. But if it works for me, and I'm real today. Yeah. I'm really real today, you know, I'm okay. I still want to kick the cat and have a go at the, yeah. at the parking attendant <laughs> for being a yeah. prat. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but I'm at the autumn of my life. I think I was born for this year, mm. for this age. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'll get, I'm getting happier. How old are you today, Michael? I'm 62. Mate, you're looking good at 62, Thank mate. you. Thank you. I'm 62. Good. Very good. Bless you. Well, tell us about your book that's just come out. Okay, so we, we after all what went on, we got approached by Harper and Collins, or we approached them. So I wrote a book. It's not an Hallelujah book. Yeah. It's not a gangster book, but it's both in there. Yeah. So it's the broken child, and it's a book about all the stuff that went on. It's like Wikipedia. There's so much more to come, but we're trying to create a journey from the head to the art. There's a lot of fun in there. All the stories are in there. There's more to come, but it's called Sins of Fathers. You can get it on Amazon and all major bookstores. And you can follow us if you want. Michael Emmett Official on Instagram yeah. and see our journey. And we're trying to create something nice for the broken. Michael, this has been an absolute blinder of an episode, mate, and I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, it. Thank you for inviting me. Mate, you're a gentleman. Thank you, Dodge. I've really enjoyed myself. Pleasure. Good man, Michael. Thank you. Bless Take you. care, mate. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye.